Welcome to the Hardy Mom Podcast. Your health challenged, girl, I get it. Feeling anxious, depressed, don't you sweat it. Hi, I'm you Jen Hardy, and I'm here to help moms live the lives of their dreams, even when they can't get off the couch. Today, I am showing up, and you're going to notice that my voice isn't quite back to normal because I'm still a little bit recovering from COVID. You may hear a little bit of a hum because I'm having an extended hot flash and I need my air conditioning on. So if you can get past those things, buckle up because we're going to be in for an incredible ride. Today, I'm going to start off by talking about me because let's face it, that's what everybody wants to talk about themselves, not me. And also, I've got the most incredible story of how I'm a walking miracle. And for some reason, I haven't been sharing it with you. And I think if you know what's happening with me, you may be a little more interested in why I'm talking about why I'm talking today. So today we're going to talk about how the fact that I am even upright in this chair is a miracle, let alone the fact that I could walk. So let's back up. It's 2012. My husband has been back from Iraq for about two years, and he is having massive kidney pain. So I take him to the emergency room, and they do a scan, and they say, you've got kidney cancer. It's aggressive. It's got a 10% survival, five-year survival rate. You need to get surgery yesterday. So what do we do? We get the surgery, right? Because we get the cancer out. Five different doctors told us we have cancer. We got to do that. And he got the surgery, and it, it wasn't cancer, which was phenomenal, um, unfortunately it, the, the quickness of it had compelled us to get a doctor that wasn't so good. That's a topic for another day. If you need something quickly, please, dear goodness, do your research and get the best doctor, even if it takes an extra week. So anyway, soapbox over and I got to do a quick coffee thing. Hold on one second. And I'm back. So guess what? He's fine. Well, he's not fine. He takes a really long time to heal. But while he's doing that, my sister-in-law comes into town because that's what family does, right? They step up, they help out, they show up. I had four teenagers, two preschoolers, and my 20-year-old was in the Navy in the Persian Gulf. And it was a, it was a rough time, let me tell you what. And my sister-in-law was there and saw me fall down the stairs twice. And she said, you know, that's not normal. And probably you have some sort of injury. You need to go to the doctor. And I fought it and fought it. And finally, she's like, no, 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 you're going to the doctor. So I did. And when I went, you know, I'd been tired off and on literally for like 14 years at that point. Tired. When I say tired, I mean to the point where literally couldn't get off the couch for days or weeks or months off on end, except to do like bare necessities. I had tons of kids at home. It was not normal and it was not okay. And I shouldn't have ignored it. But you know what we do as moms? We ignore things. We take care of everyone else. We think we're doing a good thing by putting our own health on the back burner. Girl, that is not doing the best thing for your family. So it took me that long to figure it out. Go to the doctor, does a scan. Oh my gosh, almost all the the muscles in the outside part of my spine, like outside of my spine and my lower back are gone. They're atrophied. Um, It's not a pattern of atrophy from this laying around as I was just talking about. Um, I've had several heated debates with people that say, well, if I wouldn't just sit around all the time, I would have more muscles. And I'll tell you why later. But that is definitely not something that we should be doing is shaming people when they're just trying to take care of themselves. Again, topic for another day. 
So I get to by series of a bunch of different doctors to a neurologist and he said, oh my goodness, you have spinal muscular atrophy. We need to get you into Vanderbilt. I lived in Va- at Nashville at the time. Vanderbilt was our top hospital. So I went over there, but the guy took one look at me, the neurologist, top neurologist, and he saw my eyes. And I, if you look at my eyes, my right eye droops a little more than my left one does. And he said, oh, it's a thing called ptosis. It's a word that starts with a P, weird thing, but that's how sciencey weird words work, isn't it? They're not always. Anyway, so ptosis. Oh, that means you have myasthenia gravis. I bet you have myasthenia gravis. So we went through a series of tests that we're not going to discuss here because they were horribly painful, like uh, medieval torture. And turns out, he said, you have myasthenia gravis. We're not going to care about all those muscles in your back that are missing. Now, if I was the patient then that I am now, I would have gone to another doctor. I would have said, hey, um, we need to handle all these muscles that are missing. I'm falling. I'm exhausted. What's happening? But I had all these kids. I was exhausted. I had a specialist tell me it was one thing. My husband was recovering from what we thought was cancer. This was a lot. I was overwhelmed and I just went with it. So he put me on a really high dose of prednisone. And what happened was it turned me into the Incredible Hulk. So from like four to six every day, I was a horrible person. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was, I broke the toilet seat. I slammed it so hard, it literally broke off the toilet. I broke a drawer in my dresser. I was not myself. And my husband brought me to the doctor and said, hey, you, know, you need to get her off this prednisone. And he said, no, 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 we're going to give her a muscle relaxer to help her calm down. So I'm going to show you a video of exactly what my muscles in my back look like on the scan and then what normal muscles look like. If you're on the video, you'll see it now. And if you're listening audio, you can just go to the show notes, which are all those words below where you clicked on the show. And you can you can click to the link to my website and it'll sh- take you to the page where it shows you. All the black... and all the white. And oh my goodness. So what they said was, yeah, I need to take these muscle relaxers. But had they looked and listened to the first doctor that said, hey, spinal muscular astrophy, or done other tests to see what else it could be, which turned out that it's a form of muscular dystrophy, um, limb girdle muscular dystrophy with possible another limb girdle or another muscular dystrophy on top of it that I can't say right now because my mouth is not working quite right, but I'll put the word up there. Um, So what happens when you give someone whose muscles are barely working and diaphragm, which is the muscle that makes you breathe, is barely working a muscle relaxer? It makes those muscles stop. So I took that medicine to calm me down took my kids out to play baseball, softball. I took my kids out to play the most wonderful softball game. And a combination of the muscle relaxer and the running sent me to the ICU that night. That year, I spent six separate weeks, weeks in the hospital while my husband was working an hour away from home. And I had all these kids at home fending for themselves. And let me tell you what, it was rough 
And that's what all of this is born out of, what I do. How, how in the world are you supposed to take care of a family when you can't get out of the hospital? You can't get out of bed. And then when I did, when I was out of the hospital, I had 20 different day long IV infusions. I am, is a thing called IVIG. It was supposed to make the myasthenia better. It took eight hours a time because they had to give it to me really slowly because if they didn't, it made me really sick. So, I mean, I don't even, I can't do the calculation. How many days is that? Honestly, it's like almost 70 days that I was glued to the bed, either in the hospital or with the IV. And then the other days I was in a wheelchair or walk or whatever. And let me tell you what, that was, that was pretty much one of my lowest points because I pride myself, my, my whole existence, my whole identity at that point was being a homeschooling mom and military wife. That is who I was. And I couldn't do anything but tell people what to do from the bed. And I kept looking for ways to help, to find help. Like, how do I do this? What are other moms doing? But all I found online was people complaining. And so that's what led me to write my blog, Chronically Positive Mom. And then I wrote my book, The Sick Mom's Guide to Having Fun Again. If I can do it, you can too. But I didn't share with you why it was important that I could do it and why if I could do it, you could too. And now you know, because if I could have fun laying in a hospital bed or getting this IV infusion that made me horribly nauseous while my preschoolers played around me and my teenagers brought camp chairs in my bedroom and them and all their friends would come sit and they would keep me company and they would have fun. And yes, their friends thought it was kind of a little bit weird in the beginning, but then it became like the party place and people would come and sit there and we'd have all this fun. And then I started getting better. And then my husband fought to get me off of that prednisone. And um, he did because another soapbox of mine is frequently doctors don't listen to women, um, which is an episode again for another day. Because, But when my husband went there in his army uniform and he said, you will take my wife off of this medicine, it was like a Jedi mind trick. And the doctor said, I will take your wife off of this medicine. And it turns out I didn't need the prednisone and I didn't need the muscle relaxer. And once I was off it, I stopped going to the hospital and I stopped needing the IV infusions and I started getting a little bit better. Now, by a little bit better, I don't mean well, and I don't mean how most people picture better. But for me, it was fantastic. I could get out of bed and walk up the stairs because we had turned our garage into a master suite. So I had to go up seven stairs to get into the rest of the house. And for four months, I'd basically been locked in my room because I couldn't walk up those stairs. Uh, When I wanted to visit my neighbor who was literally in my cul-de-sac, my kids had to wheelchair me over. It was a lot. And if you are permanently in a wheelchair, I commend you because I know that it's something that you grow through and you can do amazing things. But when you don't have the muscle strength to put your, push yourself in that wheelchair um, and your insurance company is fighting on getting you a power chair, boy, it really just takes, it takes all of your control away. It takes everything that you, you people get used to doing away. And that was, a, it was a rough time. Um, so let's fast forward to now. Now, I am a walking miracle, and here's why. Because I don't use my wheelchair anymore. I don't use my walker anymore. And for the last two years, I haven't even pulled out my cane if I'm having a long day. Why is that? I have a progressive disease. You've seen the pictures. You've seen 
what normal looks like. I don't have most of the muscles in my lower back. I was told in 2019 that my diaphragm, again, that muscle that goes up and down, that pushes your lungs up and down to breathe, was working at 20% and would only get worse. In 2018, my doctors told me that I was going to get a trach, you know, that tube in your neck, um, the and like a straw, right, that goes into your neck, and then they hook up a machine that breathes for you into it. They were going to put a backpack with oxygen and the machine on my back so that I could be somewhat mobile, and that is how I was going to live the rest of my life. In 2018, I was told that I had one year until that happened. I was also told by my family practice doctor at that time that he was just going to give me whatever pain medicine I needed, which you know I do. I still need it every day. I'm in a lot of pain. Um, and just make me comfortable because I would die. Hospice would come later, but that was the plan. So in 2018, my husband and I decided that we would take a big vacation. The two of us had a two-night honeymoon because we had five kids when we got married. Woohoo! Congratulations, it's a boy and a boy and a girl and a girl and a girl. And so we took a five-night stay in Florida. Now, why am I telling you this? Well, because it was amazing and it was beautiful and it reminded me that I love the beach. And within a year, we lived in Florida on a little island three blocks from the beach because I decided that if I was not going to be here, then my family needed something amazing and beautiful and wonderful because they weren't going to have a mom or a wife. I'm sorry. It makes me a little bit teary because I don't like the thought of them having a life without me or a a life with a new me um, because, you know, it's just sad. Anyway, so that's what happened. So we lived to this, moved to this beautiful place and it was amazing. And part of the reason why we came, and the reason I told everyone else, was that this salt air really helps my lungs. And I had noticed that when I was here for that week, I was breathing so much better. And I have been breathing so much better ever since we moved here. I barely use my asthma inhaler. um, And it's just been amazing. And so if you have a dream... If you have a dream and you want to do something, I am begging you right now to do that thing. You do it while you have the time and the energy to do it. You do it even though everyone tells you you can't. I feel like, I'm sorry, there's no lower point you can get than when the doctors tell you you're about to die. And I'm telling you, just like I did on my book and in my earlier podcast introductions, if I can do it, you can too. I don't know if tomorrow I'm going to wake up and have a hard time breathing again. I don't know if tomorrow I'm going to wake up and not be able to sit up or stand up, just like the doctors told me four years ago I shouldn't be doing. I don't know. And that's why I talked last week about I don't live every week or every day as though it's my last, because I've been told 
It's supposed to be my last, and that's depressing as fire, but I'm living every life, every day as though it's my best. So whatever you're going through, maybe you have cancer, maybe you have MS and it's getting worse day by day. Maybe you have fibromyalgia and you cannot get out of bed. You can't, and nobody understands you. I'm telling you right now that whatever you can't do, you can find something that you can do. And you do that thing. You do it because you're going to feel so much better. You are going to feel amazing. A few weeks ago, I went to an amazing thing called PodFest. And it's this podcasting conference, and it's phenomenal. And people welcomed me in. And when I walked in the doors, I felt like I was just some homeschooling mom who didn't really belong. And when I walked out of the doors at the end of the conference, I felt like a podcaster who had a business and was making the difference in the lives of women. And that mattered. And I was important. And I came home and I contacted some people about getting some amazing interviews and they have all said yes, so that you can hear from more people and more people who are conquering life and showing up and getting things done no matter where they are. And I just heard from somebody last night who I'm going to interview who's amazing and has a story that will shock you and surprise you and drive you to do the right thing. And that is what's keeping me going. I want to help you. I want you to know that you can live. Now, what if you don't have a health issue? What if you're healthy? What if, what if you're just scared because you don't think you're as good as everybody or you don't feel like you have a place at the table, whatever that table is, or take baby steps and get there. Girl, you can do this. If you have an able body, Imagine what you can do with it. So today I want you to write down, I want you to brainstorm. Here is my challenge for you today. I want you to get a blank piece of paper, you know, like as big as you've got, or like a piece of, take one off the printer, okay? And get a pencil. And I want you to set a timer for five minutes, just five minutes. This is all I'm asking. And I want you to turn your phone on airplane mode. And I want you to tell your family, give me five minutes or go in the bathroom and lock the door and turn on the fan. And I want you to write down every single thing that you've ever wanted to do, even if it's ridiculous and you haven't wanted to do it since you were a kid. Any of those silly dreams you've had, write them down. I want you to write them down and cover that paper. And if you need to flip it upside down, flip it upside down, write it ugly. Do not make fancy little numbers or lines or organize. No, throw it out, throw it at the paper. And if you need more than five minutes, girl, you just keep writing. You get another piece of paper if you have to. You cover it with everything that you've ever wanted to do, every dream you've ever had. And then I want you to pick one of those things. Whether it's doable or not doable. If someone tells you you can't do it, that doesn't matter. Think of all the things that have been done. Kirstie Ennis, who I interviewed, who lost a leg because of her time in in the Marines. She is literally climbing mountains, mountains that most people can't climb. I'm getting out of the bed and I'm walking without the muscles that help me to walk. You can do this. And if you don't think you can, I want you to contact me, okay? I want you to email me, contact at jenhardy.com. 
well, that's not it. That's my old thing. Contact at hardymom.com or go to hardymom.com slash contact. And there's a thing right there. You can send me a voice message or a written message, whatever you want. You get on the line and let me know. You can go to any social, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. I am the Jen Hardy everywhere. You tell me what you want to do and why you think you can't get there. And we're going to break it apart. and We're going to help you. And I know so many people, different coaches and different people that can help you because you can get there. You do those things. You do those things that you always wanted to do because if you do them, you're going to inspire your children to do the dreams that they have. If you tell them, oh, mom can't do those things because of this or that or the other, what you're telling them is you can't either. Because we all have setbacks. We all have things that hold us back. But you know what? There's a world full of people that didn't listen to those setbacks and didn't listen to those things. And I am here as one of those people to tell you, go out there, fight the good fight. Win your win. And I want to hear all about it. I appreciate you listening to me today. I appreciate you taking the time. I know your time is valuable. And I didn't really talk about all the things I planned on talking about today, but I, I believe I told you what you needed to hear. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Please share your wins or your losses or why you don't think you can win because I want to help you get to the other side. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Tips and tricks here. That will help you. There's advice from experts and in interviews. Find time to be with your kids and family. I can help you get it done easily. So premenopausal or postpartum, all stages of womanhood, girl, we've got them. I've been there, I've done that too with the Hardy Mom Podcast. Yeah, I'm here for you.